I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. In goes Stewart! They've only gone and done it! And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to episode 204 of Glover's Cast. Um, I'm here with David Coates. Good evening, mystery man. Ben Barrett. Good, isn't he? He's good. You might have to stay. I like this. I like it. Big fan. And Ian Perkins. Good evening. Hello, Elliot Watts. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. What a turn up that was from the introduction, eh? Uh, yeah. Good. Natural. Good. Yeah. You, you didn't mention your own name at any point. We had to, Ian had to like crowbar in your name at some point in the end there. I mean, we, we know that El- Elliot is, you know, he's one of those ones that hides his light under a bushel. He's not one for the limelight, is he? So Sorry, he like... what? Sorry? Hang on. <laughs> Hang, no, on. Spots. Hang on. He hides his light under a bushel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you barely know he was there most of the time. What, what century is that phrase from? <laughs> yeah, are we, what? You never heard that phrase before, hides his light under a bushel. I'm Googling. Yeah, it means it means someone who is uh, understated and below the radar. If you hide your light under a bushel, you keep your abilities or good qualities hidden from other people. There you go. Yeah, mm. that's that's L, isn't it? I think we summed him up there. Did yeah. I mean, did you, you come? Did you come up with that? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I came up with it, and then I wrote the definition all in about <laughs> the space of seven seconds. Yeah, you just wanted to get that one in there, didn't you? <laughs> I, before this reaction, I had not realised that that was any kind of phrase that was special in any way. That's phrase of the day calendar, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Also yeah. known as the lamp under the bowl, which is far less 
Um, poetic. I like it. <laughs> I've heard so, of none of it. I was going to say, I wasn't on the last uh, podcast, but I did hear about a minute in, you all said, we're avoiding something here, aren't we? What are we avoiding here? <laughs> it's happened again. Can we just carry on this way? I, I, do you know what? It, it, it shows how much we are avoiding. This is, this is stuff out of the Bible. This is a parable of Jesus. We have, we've, had to, we've had to resort to the holy book to get us through. Well, that phrase is from the Bible. Uh, apparently so. It appears in Matthew 5.14, Mark 4.21, and Luke 8.16. Um, Dave, are you, much of a, are you much of a Bible basher? I, 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 am a man of, I am a man of God. Yeah. And I proclaimeth to thee. A man of stultures. Absolutely, yeah. Oh. He never helped us, did he? <sighs> didn't pray hard enough didn't pray hard enough no 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 i did not uh elliot's on the red wine which i presume prior to this was a glass of water before you turned it around absolutely there you uh, go yeah, dave please. did that as a start as well <laughs> go in peace my son <laughs> uh football's made us turn to the red wine so mm. i haven't turned to the bible but i've turned to the wine <laughs> <laughs> You skipped most of it, but the whole wives and bread thing. See what happens after Oldham. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pick up a life on the way out, then. Yeah, cool. As long as you're not crucifying anybody, we'll be fine. Uh, well, that's wow. not yet to come. <laughs> this, is, this has been a start, hasn't it? It has, hasn't it? I like it. <laughs> All from a blight under a bushel. Anyway, Watsy, we invited you on tonight because you were one of the brave 300-ish souls who went to the Signet Healthcare Stadium uh, to watch the FA Cup replay. Firstly, why did you decide to go? <laughs> it's a great question. <laughs> that is fantastic. Um, I don't know. Jess changed her nail appointment to be there, and she would have definitely preferred to have kept that nail appointment. <laughs> what an awful decision that was. <laughs> Especially after sitting through 90 minutes of it on Saturday. <laughs> You'd already yeah. had your nails done, had you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I thought it could, I thought it couldn't get worse than Saturday. I thought we would go up there, we would nick a one nil, we would all move on from that sorry affair. Did you really? Didn't turn out that way though, did it? Oh, I thought. Uh, I thought. I thought we were there for the taking, and then when I saw the team come in with five changes, I thought we are absolutely there for the taking because throwing five other players into it against a team that were. You know, they didn't play against the game before. I just thought that was a recipe for disaster. And it was a disaster. It really was a disaster. Where do we want to start? Well, I, I guess the big question is, has Jess had a chance to go get her nails done since? <laughs> she's had to delay it till next week. Is next she just... week? Because yeah. she's travelling to Oldham this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Is she missing older shot? <laughs> Uh, yeah, she might be actually. I can't imagine she'd be going anyway after sitting through that on Tuesday. <laughs> um, yeah, no, if one of the nails gets chipped, that is all on Chris Hargreaves now. Between now and the next nail appointment, that rests on his shoulders. Oh, God. Okay. Five changes to the team from Saturday. Was that more than you were expecting? What's he less than you were expecting? To be honest, I think we turn up each game not knowing what we're expecting at the moment, do we? To be fair, we get the team sheet sometimes and we don't quite know what we're expecting. <laughs> um, I, I said I'd come and start with a positive, and I'm not sure how I found a positive, but let's bring a positive out. Um, I, can, I would give a shout out to Josh Staunton in both the home tie and the away tie. Um, showed real 
class and leadership, his quality on Saturday, he kept us in the game, um, was all over the pitch on Tuesday night again. And without him, we, we would have that, lost that first time. We would have probably lost that second tie by more. Um, in difficult circumstances, I think he's led the club very, very well proven to be a captain um he showed that he was really hurt in that interview on Tuesday night um and that was real open and not on this interview I think if you could put that attitude into the other 10 players on the pitch and the ones on the bench we wouldn't be a half bad side we've got good players there but it's the performances that they turn out and the the lack of that sort of um ability to step up when it matters it is really really affecting us at the moment isn't it can I just say before everyone agrees with what Elliot's just said, when he was saying that, you can't see this, listeners, but he raised his hand to a light on the ceiling, I'm sure. And going with the biblical theme, it was almost like he implored the gods to uh, to bless us all with 11 just Dauntons. That was uh, that was quite something. Go on, Ben, you you, you go and agree. No, no, with, no, no, uh, no. I'm just waiting for you to give Elliot the hard time for loving Josh Daunton. Like you would give I, me that. Uh, I, just... I I have I have nothing but but good words to say about Josh Thornton. Obviously, been I haven't seen him in the last couple of games. Um, but I would, yeah. Everything that has been said there gives that, me no I, surprise whatsoever. The fact that he's still shot on in both those performances shows that that there is some good in this club still, and there's some real desire. And you can see how much it's hurting him, even in those ninety minutes on Tuesday night when they're attacking right in front of the way, and you could hear. A lot of explicits, a lot of shouting at the other players and a lot of real desire to get the ball in the box and nick that goal that we needed. Um, and yeah, he looked gutted, didn't he, at the end of Tuesday night? He did. He looked almost angry. Like, we've seen, we've seen people, we've seen players get rolled out after defeats and they have to be a bit careful and they have to be a bit solemn and disappointed, but where was it? He did one. He did one earlier in the season as well, where we were a bit rubbish, and he said something like, "I'm a bit, still a bit, sort of emotional after it all." But he's done a couple now where he's felt almost quite angry, and I thought that was quite brave to show. Definitely, we saw Ruben Reed do one last season, didn't we? And uh, he probably went one step further and dug out individuals within the team, got a lot of plaudits for it. But it is really brave to step out after a beating like that to even face press let them mm. be open and honest with them but would I be angry if I had those nine other outfield players around me on Tuesday night absolutely that's not good enough is it absolutely not good enough there wasn't one standout performance in that team there wasn't a sniff of anything happening um Taunton should have beat us comfortably. It was only for their lack of clinical finishing. They missed a free header in the first half. They had two cleared off the line, I think, on top of that. We got really, really lucky on Tuesday night not to be beaten by more. Um, players shirking tackles, backing out of things. Uh, the defence was pretty poor. Rich Severton was really, really lacking. It wasn't a good performance from the back to the front at all. Um, Fisher was doing the having to drop back and do the job of a centre midfielder. He got the uh, ironic cheers when he went off, which was pretty harsh when he was doing a job for three people in midfield as well. I didn't, I'm not saying this performance was good by any means, but <laughs> uh, Tory wasn't doing much better and he got clapped off the pitch like he put in a stand up performance in front of goal. He was nowhere near clinical. And we look frightened to take anyone on at the moment. We look really frightened to take the ball forward. We get the ball to the final third and uh, 
Perky, were you there on Saturday? We get the ball to the final third and we just pass it back again and we just go back to... We're, we're getting from the final third back to goal at the moment. It's really ridiculous to see. We're not a team who should be playing out from the back at all. Um, we got five at the back and we're... Yeah, we're not running at people. We're not picking it up. We're not showing any aggression whatsoever. Did you, did you go to the Solihull game? Uh, no, I didn't. No. And I... It's so weird to hear us play. It's been the case all season, though, where we put in a great performance, put in a couple of rotters. I expect we'll put in a good performance on Saturday. Then we'll put in a couple of rotters after that. And it's, I just don't know how we get over this hurdle. Um, it, when you talk about Josh Staunton and, and you know his mentality and his attitude after the game, what, why don't you think that is rubbing off on the other players it, like is the ma- the manager is he not instilling that in them as well I mean it feels like when listening to the manager's press conference today he talked about what well, he was asked about um if he's you know he comes across as quite a nice guy is he you know is he is he too nice to the players and he says if you were in that dressing room with me you 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 know otherwise you know there are people who what was it? I think he said there are people who act like hard men and there are people who are hard men and all this type of thing. Um, so I, I don't, I generally don't think he's the type of bloke who's going to go into a dressing room and not have a go at people and not be angry. But why isn't that attitude that Josh Staunton has coming across in the other players' performances at the moment? I don't know. I don't really know why it's not. We don't know what happens in training, of course. Um, but when they step over that line, there's not that bite in that mentality, and I know that you're all sick of me saying this, but a few years ago, we had players like Dicko, Charlie Lee, Lee Collins, Reese Murphy, Chris Dagnall, Mark Richards, to name just a few, who would not have stood for that on the pitch. Mm-hmm. However, at 90 minutes, they'd have got, gone into the dressing room at the end of the game and had a right old sort out, and the next game, they'd have turned up. But what they wouldn't have done is, at the end of the game, what Richards Everton did, after putting in a shocking performance, start going at Matty Worthington. And that's not the way to do it. And that doesn't show any team spirit whatsoever. It's like they're lacking that ability to back each other up on the pitch at the moment, um, which is where we're missing some leaders, some experienced heads on the pitch. We've got players with football league experience within that team. And we've got players, I'm not saying that we're the youngest squad in the league, but we haven't got those players who've been in those leadership kind of roles who are, are leading from the back and sort of building that mentality throughout the team. And I think we're really, really lacking it at the moment. Um, and it shows where centre-backs are missing headers and afraid to go into tackles and those sort of things. is It's just not good enough, really. Strange, because the um, uh, when you, you talk about that, if you go back to the, um, the, the Dicko, Collins and all of that, that kind of season... There's players in this team. Matt Worthington's been one, um, uh, and uh, who was the other one? There's just something about uh, Max Max Hunt. So there's players there who have acted more like leaders. So when Max Hunt, I think Max Hunt was playing alongside Lee Collins for a good period, wasn't he? And um, and looked like an excellent player, and looked like a leader, and looked like he was never going to lose a header. It, uh, it it almost shows up the 
maybe the deficiencies we always used to say about, I always used to say anyway, about Byron Webster, that he was brilliant when he had someone good alongside him, when he had Dan Byrne alongside him or Shane Duffy alongside him, when he put him on his own, he didn't look quite the same player. Um, so these there are players in that squad who've got it within them to do that. But as you say, they're just not those, those characters and at the risk of drawing another the Darren Way days um, comparison, that is how that, see, that team that went out of the Football League felt. And Darren Sowell said it himself when he came in, was that there were no leaders. We went out of the Football League with a whimper, which we absolutely did. And there's the fact that I can draw a comparison. You can disagree with me if you want between that side and what we're seeing now is worrying to say the least. And not scoring a goal in two two games, 180 minutes of football against Taunton. Um, I'm not saying they should have rolled over. I don't think Taunton necessarily up their performance. It's not like they looked like they were putting in a standout performance. Yeah, they put the ball in the corner on the 86th minute to hold out for the win. But they they just came and comfortably beat us both times. They didn't back off in the second half. If anything, they were pushing for the second goal. The fact that we weren't really threatening them whatsoever is really frightening that they haven't come out in the second half and changed things um and that's where you need some of those heads in that dressing room around a captain like Staunton to get behind him and to take what they're saying out onto the pitch I think we are massively missing that at the moment you look around that team and they look young they look inexperienced they look nervous. I don't know if they're worried about making mistakes. I don't know if they're worried about their place in the team. Charlie Wakefield looked completely out of place on Saturday when we played Taunton at home. Some of them just look absolutely ruined, to be honest. It's is it a, it's a confidence thing then, isn't it? And there's different ways of dealing with confidence. You, you talk about the lack of goals. We had two shots on target across the two games. That's it. We had, quick math, 16 shots off target across the two games. So we were in attacking areas, which you'd expect. We were the higher-placed team against a part-time side. But to not even be getting shots off on target is, is as much of a concern as anything else. And I think if, if we're lacking confidence, there's ways of dealing with it that, I don't know, maybe need to be slightly different. If Do we need shouting and bawling and all the rest of it and being nasty and in, in halftime and at the end of games and having a right old sort out. Do we need that? Or do we need actually the leaders you talk about there that are maybe missing to spend a bit of time making people feel like a million quid? I said last week, do we need to put our arm around Charlie Wakefield and say, right, mate, where, where, where are you best useful? Or do we need to do the same to others? Do we need to do the same to, to Linton, to Fisher, to Torre? And, and not, and he, he made it. Chris Hargreaves again mentioned... Jimmy Torre um, making a, a silly decision to get himself sent off again after three games. I'm like, okay, but that's kind of gone now. Let's build him back up a bit. Let's not tear him out again in a in a little throwaway line in the press conference. Nobody needs that. And part of me wonders if actually maybe we need to be a bit nicer. Go but the other way about it. Don't don't you think? And at the risk of sounding like Elliot now, we're talking about Carl Dickinson and Co. All the time. They were the kind of players that could do that. But also, when you saw, I think one of the last things Carl Dickinson said was about Matt Worthington and what a great player he could be. They had that ability to, yes, they could give you a right going over, I'm sure, but they had that ability to say with, with a few words, 
things that would raise you up. And I'm sure Charlie Lee and Lee Collins and Luke Wilkinson and all these other people had that ability as well. So I think that experience does teach you when it is time to give you a rollicking and when it is time to and I think put when you around have, you. When you have players in the dressing room who have the respect of other players, that saves a job from the manager having to do that rollicking because their peers are there to say, sort it out. And you haven't then got a manager having a, you know, piling in on you because, you know, it can't be easy to have a manager doing that week in, week out. If you haven't got those players in your squad to help you with it as well. Even more reason then, shortly, to get people on your side thinking the way you think and becoming those leaders by by building them up. And I, I don't know whether or not we've not had the opportunity to, to talk about these things, but if I were to ask uh, Chris Hargreaves a Charlie Wakefield-based question, I would hope, part of me would hope that actually they would, he would spend three minutes just completely, a complete loving for Charlie Wakefield and then okay, go... socks off. All of it, everything. He's one of the best players in the division. I don't want to see Charlie Wakefield with socks on anymore. None of it. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate there, but I think about, you know, a few times now we've had, you should have seen them in the, in the changing rooms. We've had a physical coming together on the pitch. We've had, um, I'm not a nice guy if that's the way I come across. Well, okay, but none of that's working. So do we need to go about the other way? But I'm looking at that. Just... I, I'm looking at that squad and... Yeah, there's a bit of experience in there, but I don't think any of them other than Josh Staunton and probably not even Josh Staunton are characters, Darren Sale characters, like Dicko, like Lee Collins, like Reese Murphy, like Charlie Lee. Even Josh Staunton isn't that level of, like, intense, I don't think. They haven't played football for 15 years at a pro level, I think. No. At the end of the day, those players had they've been playing since the age of sixteen, and the majority of them were what in their early thirties, early to mid thirties. And that's not to say that young players don't carry that level of leadership. I think Josh has absolutely shown it. But what you had was a captain on the pitch and a calm head, and then you had those ones around who were prepared to go into battle. And right now, we're not seeing that. When you get over that white line, you do everything to to get three points or to get the win in the cup for this team. You will go into tackles. You will take risks. You will you will go in a 50-50 and you'll come out with the ball. And that's what we saw at the time. And we're not seeing that whatsoever. Players are in front of our eyes, backing out of challenges. And Tuesday was just an absolute highlight of it. The amount of times that we've turned away from the ball or we could have got it, but we've let their man go first. And then we're, we're tracking back, defending it. It was really frightening to see because they were effectively the lower level team you think back to our, our back five when Darren Sale first came in we had Stuart Nelson he could have played a back five with Stuart Nelson Craig Alcock Luke Wilkinson Lee Collins and Carl Dickinson all five of them could have been captains and then in front of them Charlie Lee Reese Murphy Jimmy Smith for a period. Jimmy Smith, like <laughs> you had a team that was essentially eight, nine captains. And, you know, there were flaws to them in that second season. We saw the flaws and it kind of, you know, they really struggled, didn't they? And that we talked about it quite a lot. Ben, you know, that COVID season, they didn't have the supporters in there to 
GM on and they were the type of players that, you know, loved going into a battle yeah. with a raucous crowd. But, I mean, yeah, it, I think we kind of knew that we were going to be recruiting from a pot of inexperienced, youthful players. You know, when Chris Hargreaves joined, all the talk was Exeter City, Bristol Rovers, Bournemouth, using players in these local area, young players, youthful players to to build a team that, you know, might turn a profit on some of these players. But No parachute payments to pay for them, is there? That's why. Well, yeah. Yeah, the money, the money's just not there, is it? And you'll you'll see that one of our best wins that season came with that back, that exact back five away at Torquay when we were down to ten men in the open when, minutes. When Chris Dagnall got sent off, there's another experienced. Yeah, <laughs> and we have five at the back, and Olcott put on one of his best performances we ever saw. But they all got behind each other. They all backed each other. You go one nil down to Taunton and headstrop, and they're getting at each other on the pitch, and they're not passing the ball, and they're turning back back away from goal again it's just like there's no there was no real desire we started getting the ball in the box in the last couple of minutes but nothing was looking to come of it really we never threatened them whatsoever like ben said two shots on target that's not nearly good enough no i think i think they don't look like a team at the moment do they no just to bring a, a stat here by the way um our team this year albeit a very small sample size is an older average age than we had last year last year we finished with an average age of 24.6 at the moment we're on 25 years old per person that played if uh, will Buse gets a game or ollie hayes gets a game or benjani that will drop significantly but just just as a, a stat we have an, an older group this year than we do last chris angelo will be screaming about i know age i know and talking about our conference winning team and can i quote albert einstein just to really send him <laughs> over the edge <laughs> sorry chris sorry i don't mean it i won't do it i promise for me what i'm looking for on um on saturday and we'll maybe get onto it a little bit more on saturday is i'm looking for people personnel whether that be coaches whether that be players on the pitch players off the pitch i want them to make their mates feel like a million bucks that's, I think, the next step because we've done the shouty, fighty, scrappy do stuff. Well, that ain't going to work. It ain't working. We've tried it a few times. It's not working. It's now time to have these players feel like the players that they can be. And I think at the moment, more arms around shoulders than boots up asses, I think. Mm. Just my, just my, I'm, I'm, I might be wrong. I don't know if any of it's going to work, Ben. No, you, you know what? You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But at the same time, you can't then just go, well, we'll just stop then. <laughs> Saturday still has to happen. <laughs> so you got a choice. You chuck the towel in now or you try and put stuff in place that gives you half a chance. And that's how I would, if I'm in that position, that's how I'm, that's how I'm doing it. I'm going to try and get a few people and make them feel like a million quid. I'd have Matty Worthington there making sure that his centre midfield guys that are in there, everything about them, I'd have him on the pitch, warming them up and things like that. I'd have the whole group there, the whole lot of them there. And those who aren't involved, I'd have their sole job just make others feel amazing going into the game. Would you have wing backs there? Oh, God, no, I wouldn't. But I'd have every member of the, of the playing staff there. <laughs> I get our, our top scorer is back now and he's a wing back. Yeah. 
yeah. get rid of the wing backs. Oh my <laughs> lord! It just falls falls into a flat five every time. Yeah. Every single time it just falls into flat five. Just get rid of it and put four at the back, four in midfield, and two up front. Yeah. And that's why Alex Fisher ends up having to go back in midfield because exactly. there's exactly. always space in midfield because we don't have midfielders who are good enough to do it. And that's what you know Jake Gallagher said to us the other day, didn't he, on the podcast that you need two like super midfielders in there. Okay. Okay. When does that become a situation like the Darren Way season, they? Eh? when we went down from the League 2. And like Dave said, we went down with a whimper. We stuck to the same formations every single week, which yeah. didn't work. We had very similar reasons, in inverted commas, not for winning. You could say excuses at the same time. Experienced team, other teams up for it more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When does sticking to the same formation become a carbon copy of that? I'm not going to quote Einstein, however, Chris will literally, his head will explode. But yeah, we said this the other week, didn't we? The same thing over well, and over again. We've been having the same conversation every week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have, I hope it's we not wing-backs. I was going to say, was it... You go, Ben. I was going to say, the actual reason we've invited Elliot on is just to actually confirm this is a different podcast. We haven't just replayed <laughs> one of the old ones. Just to confirm. Was it Solihull where it was like, we're having a change of shape today. Yeah. I'm but glad it, to have the players to do yeah, it. But it wasn't. It wasn't a change of shape. It was just <laughs> Pearson was wing back. <laughs> and easily everyone was like, oh, he's going for it at the back tonight. Quality. I was like, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. You are absolutely spot on. When you've got wing backs that becomes five at the back, you then don't have an outlet. No. Because if you've got a two banks of four, and your fullback clears it, he's clearing it forward to your right midfielder. If you've got a bank of five and no one in front of him, when your fullback wingback clears it, he's clearing it to nobody. <laughs> it's so simple. If you've got the ball and lots of it, wingbacks are beautiful, lovely, all for it. We don't have enough of the ball. We don't have enough confidence right now to be playing faffy formations. It's not worth the hassle. We're just not, we're not good enough to be playing. If, if, if you've got backs. lots and lots of the ball, yes, we are. Yes, we are. But we just don't have the ball. And you're not going to have the ball away from home vast majority of times. You're not going to have the ball against teams that are so happy to pass the ball around and stick two banks of four in and just pass sideways like Altrincham did when we went to Altrincham. They had so much of the ball because they weren't bothered for it. So they just passed it around the defence, which means we never got it, which means... We never got to use it. It just made yeah, it made no sense to me there. And it'll make no sense to me on Saturday if we go for it again, because again, I imagine we'll be out of possession for a large portion of the game, which makes a 3-5-2 basically, or even a 3-4-3 becomes 5-2-3. Weird, doesn't work. It's lots of numbers. But um, are, are we at the point now that we're talking about Saturday? to bring in our Oldham Athletic fan. Oh, he's so good at this link stuff. He really is. This is uh, another Dave, Dave Bradley from the, I like this name, we might have to think about this one, the Boundary Park Alert System. Okay, so this is Dave and I am joined by another Dave. This is Dave Bradley from the Boundary Park Alert System, uh, Oldham Athletic Podcast. Dave, firstly, welcome to the Glover's Cast. 
Thanks very much for having me on, Dave. Uh, yeah, it's a real honour and pleasure to be here. So, yeah, thanks very much. No problem. You are the first Oldham Athletic fan we've ever had on the podcast. So there you go. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's something to stick on your CV, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's a bit of a claim to fame now. That's straight in there with, uh, yeah, match-worn shirt collector and <laughs> depressed Oldham fan. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that CV's shining already. But, um, yeah, well, well, I guess, first of all, we need to talk to you about how you win an FA Cup replay against a team that's playing in a division lower than you because you managed it on Tuesday night uh, at, was it at Chester City in your replay? Yeah, it's Chester FC, Chester City. Oh, uh, Chester they, yeah, they went they bust. On. Yeah, they went bust. Yeah, so um, yeah, uh, I unfortunately couldn't be there because I was in Southampton with work, uh, but I was listening to the very unbiased uh, <laughs> Chester FC uh, commentary. But yeah, right. I think it was it was the most biased commentary I've ever heard in my life. Should they have been, they should have run away with it? Should they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were just honestly, literally everything. All they've got. A, turned down a, a, a first-minute penalty and they were like, oh, no, it's a bit of a dive. And you see the replay, it's like the most blatant penalty you've ever seen. Uh, right. Then Oldham have done the typical trick in the last four games where they've um, gone 1-0 up and then decide to sit back and hold on and wait to Sounds consider. familiar. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, I don't know what it is. I, and you probably, as you say, why managers decide to sit, sit at a one-goal lead is beyond me. In the in the lower leagues, it's so frustrating. It drives me absolutely spare when I see it because you're just like these aren't your Man Cities, these aren't your Liverpool's, these aren't your Juventus's. You've got the you know defensive, you know, full internationals who know how to game management as a whole is trained and coached to the highest order, but. At this level, you try to see like a, a, a 31 year old defender who plays hit and hope long balls, trying to shepherd out a shepherd out a, a 19 year old pacey attacker, and they just end up conceding a, a dubious corner or some silly throwing, and then you've got the set piece uh, impresarios like Wrexham who will just punish you. So you know, uh, yeah, it's. It's so frustrating to see it. Is it like that at Yeovil? Yeah, you yeah. do it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, we so we, we, we're pretty good at starting quickly. We and we can get an early goal, but then it's exactly that. It's like yeah, everybody back for the for the rest of it and uh, hold hold on for dear life. But yeah, it sounds like the non-league has um has, has, has found found you <laughs> safe and well. But but you, it was it was pretty close, wasn't it? Uh, on Tuesday night at Chester, you were. I yeah. saw I saw videos of uh, Oldham fans streaming on the pitch after a uh, a last minute goal. I mean, that's uh, yeah, that's yeah. Well, that's it. There. Yeah. Well, it was like we go up in, go up in ten minutes and then yeah. sit back. Second half, we come out awful and then. Yeah, Cal Willoughby scores in the 59th minute with like the easiest near post header that you'll ever see. And then uh, some guy called Kevin Roberts, who's like probably the second string part-timer, scores this very... It looks like a good goal, but our keeper went down in instalments to try and save it. Um, it. It took him an edge and a day to get down and no wonder he didn't save it because... It was so slow, but then, in, in fairness, he made two fantastic saves in the in the extra time, uh, at the very end of extra time for us to, you know, hold on to the game. And then, literally, the hundred nineteenth minute, the last kick of the game, Mike Fondop, who was, who's been pretty, he's been pretty good in the last few games. Uh, I'll give him his due. Um, 
scored a cracking header, but could, <laughs> he could just see the, the Chester keeper. It, again, he just stood like a statue and I could have saved it. It was so <laughs> bad to see. But fair enough, we went for penalties, then it's a lottery. Yeah. Um, I believe the atmosphere was fantastic and Chester really made the most of it. Uh, but it was just great to see all them uh, Chester fans who really wanted to play the biggest rivals in Wrexham. Uh, oh, right. You think got Wrexham, right. Oh, that uh, would have been something, wouldn't it? Yeah, for them. Yeah, but it was great to see them all cheering on the Twitter feeds and giving us a lot of stick and then lo and behold to go out on penalties in the in the cruelest way. But that's that's football, isn't it? But yeah, that, uh, that it's nice to, yeah. nice to see some, someone else on the, on the receiving end because it is usually us. So I think they say everything goes in circles. I think I, I, I hopefully hopefully and I pray and I beg you know anything that I can do to keep uh fair and his cruel sister look um in, on our side I will do because again it's it's gonna be quite a good game this Saturday. Yeah uh, a lot to play for and there's nothing in it in the league is it we're both on the same points. I think you're you're I, I think we fractionally yeah one place I think we might be set sixteenth yeah. or seventeenth or something like that. Yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah, yeah. so we both start quick, and then it's yep. the Al- Alamo. So I can see it being a very, a very, a very good first ten minutes, and then uh, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be one of the most frustrating games of football that we've both ever seen. I think. Uh, so are you do, co- are yeah, you yeah. Up, are you coming up for the game? I'll be there. Yeah, yeah. I actually live. I'm, I'm cheating a bit because I actually live in Preston. I live in oh. Lancashire. So, um, uh, so yeah. So I am. Uh, it's a, this is this is this is a nice easy one for me. But given our result on Tuesday night, I could very well be the only one there. <laughs> I, 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 there's a there's a very good chance there might be. Uh, I, I mean, we 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 could be talking. I don't know, maybe maybe a coach load, uh, but I can't see too many people making the uh, making the trip up. Oh, it's yeah. It, I, fair play to you if you do bring more than a coach coach load up because you last time I think we played. Uh, I think we we I think we beat it was 2019 the last time we played. I think we we, was, we Paul, Paul Scholes was manager, wasn't he? When yeah. when you were there in, in in one of his few games in charge, I remember I came along to that one as well. Yeah, yeah. Did we beat you four one as well? I can't remember. I, I can't actually remember ever remember winning at Oldham. I'll say the obvious thing that everyone says about Oldham that it's bloody cold there and it's windy there. But um, and and everyone tells you that I know, but uh, I can't ever remember us actually winning. We, yeah, we might you, have done. I remember you 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 beating us four nil uh, at home. We did, uh, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. That, that was. was, and that yeah. was I think that's one of the only games that I walked out at half time. Right, it okay. was that. It was that bad, you know. Yeah. Uh, if I remember yeah. rightly, we were playing Man United in the FA Cup. The I think it was like a, over over Christmas. We had Man United in the FA Cup third round in mm. the January or something. And I think that was a game where everyone had to impress for us to uh, to get right. into that game. And that's why they did. But that season, as I remember rightly, that was the one we bombed through League uh, League One and did absolutely nothing that season. So um, yeah, yeah, that was it. It's quite. It's a strange one because the memories I have of Yorval is that we signed Jean Paul Kalala from. Oh Uganda. yeah, JP Kalala, and he was meant to be like the next best thing, and he was like, he was the worst player I've ever seen in an Oldham shirt that I've ever seen. He, he was so bad. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fun and games, isn't it? Because you you ended up getting Paul Warner for us, and I think he 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 came back to haunt us. And you, you beat you beat us one nil, uh, and that was Paul Warner scoring there. Uh, 
back yeah. in the day, yeah. He was, was uh, he was a player, wasn't he, Paul Warren? He's oh, obviously yeah. gone on yeah. to do well as a manager now, but uh, yeah, he always thought he was gonna he was gonna do do well. But I, I mean, I have to ask you because I know the the ownership situation at Oldham yeah. has uh, has obviously improved. Well, you can tell me whether it's improved recently, but just just give us a little bit of a potted history with regards to the. People probably know the story of you going from the Premier League down to the non-league. Give us yeah. the, the potted history of the, the more recent ownership. Who, who was the, the well, guy in charge? Yeah, well, before before our current owners, uh, we had a guy called Abdallah Lemsigam, uh, who then was an ex-football agent with good links with Klopp, Mourinho. Uh, and everyone was thinking, why is this guy bought our, our club? for the amount of money that allegedly he paid. And basically, he employed his brother as sporting director who failed, allegedly, the uh, the director fit, director's fit and proper test. Right. Um, and their model before COVID hit was to sign reserves from the French League or any league that they could in Europe for cheap cheap as they could to then sell on uh, uh, like a decent profit because you know, let's face it in league two all you need is 10 games really before someone comes looking and knocking on the door and that was their model and then covid happened and then it, it just went from bad to worse uh they were sacking long-serving members of the oldham oldham Old Athletic Football Club, uh, because they were challenging them, challenging them in terms of you can't do this, you can't do that. This is the way we've done it. They got rid of a, a coach, Tony Phyllis Kirk, who brought through the players like um, he was bringing through players such as Danny Phyllis Kirk, who Oldham sold for Ch- to Chelsea for uh, it's just short of a billion quid back in the day. Scott Spencer, who signed Everton, who I think he played. Did he play for you at one point, Scott Spencer? I think. There is a Spencer, yeah, yeah. The name rings a bell, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, and we had like really good pedigree, like people, like you know, Cal Sarant, who came through and ended up playing for Newcastle way back in the day. But these players were coached and developed by Tony Phyllis Kirk in the academy, uh, and he and they ended up getting rid of him, and it just went up from bad to worse. There was people getting bombed out all over the place, and these guys were sacking people like. Peter Clark to say he was too old at 34. He went on to play for Tranmere till he was 38, you know, and he was still bossing it in the defence last season for Tranmere. And then it, it just got worse and worse after COVID hit. They took out a, a, a mass a, a £450,000 loan with the EFL, which put us under transfer embargo. We couldn't sign anybody. And then he last January, he said that he was going to concentrate his efforts in trying to keep us up, but he was going to sell the club. Uh, and you know, as the boundary park alert system, my colleagues Matt and Andy uh, really started to put the pressure on. You know, making fans challenge the behaviours that they were carrying out by boycotting the games. Um, there were some of the contingent who decided to throw tennis balls, which we didn't promote uh, as a podcast. However, fans saw that as a a way of maybe helping the club and fans boycott the games, which tried to disrupt the ownership, but. They were never in the country because they were based in Dubai um, and they stopped going to the games, the owners, and it, it was we were getting like crowds of just short of 1,200 a game at home. 
Right. Uh, so, so what was the what was the motivation behind them? What did they what did they want out of it? Was it just a status symbol of owning a football team? Or? No, I think I think that was they wanted to they wanted to build a model where they were getting players from the French leagues and right. places like that, and they were going to sell them on as a profit, and then getting their agent friends to get these players through the door, so then they could uh, uh, then make money on them. Quick and easy sales, really. Mm. Um, but nobody could nobody could actually. It could understand what their motivation was, and I think towards the end they had this uh, very vicious and awful person coming called Barry Owen, who'd been on the trust, right. uh, and he was uh, allegedly sort of causing trouble behind the scenes with people at the club who were feared of losing the jobs, and he was just he, he upset the fans. He closed the North Stand, which had been built, which was a, a main revenue income stream calling the fans rebels, whoever went in the bar before the game would then not be able to come into the ground with a ticket. And it was just anything to antagonise the fans because they thought that they could win. And there's, there's one thing that you'll, you'll never win anywhere at any owner, and I'll put it on record now, you'll never be able to beat the fans at, at any football club. And I hear that you guys are going through a bit, bit, of, a, bit of a mill, but all I would say is that you just need to endure and realise that these may not be your darkest days, the darkest days may be yet to come, but just endure because there still will be someone there to in who will support your whole town through your, your tough times. It, it, it does, you do go to levels of despair that you've probably never been to before. Did um, I lo- losing the Taunton Town in the FA Cup, that's, that's pretty low, I think. Yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 it is, don't get me wrong, it, you know, these are your dark days, but you know, I can't tell you what it meant for, like, when we found out that Frank Frank Rothwell and the a local family business, the Rothwells, came in via Darren Royal, who had the who was obviously Joe Royal's son, mm-hmm. uh, and it just came out of nowhere that the club had been been bought, and now it's about getting the infrastructure right. And some fans, quite rightly, want instant success because they still believe that we should still be challenging for the championship and stuff like that but we've we've had 24 25 years of real decline and we're the most unsuccessful team in the football well when we're in the football league but in football we are the most unsuccessful team and again now we're getting the infrastructure right and we're making the nice things better uh around the club you know you know opening we didn't even have a mascot because they wouldn't even pay for the kits for the kids, you know what I mean? That's that was our previous owners, you know what I mean? And now we're promoting things with sponsors coming back into the club, the revenue streams are back open, the north stands open, you know, the 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 club land is now being bought off the other owner who owned the land, which caused a massive dispute with our previous owner. Yeah, you couldn't write that one. But uh, uh, your previous owner owns the ground and everything and all the all the uh, infrastructure around it, but you, 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 your owner at Bella Instagram owns the crest. Really? <laughs> that's, 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 that's all he owned, and he, he didn't do his due diligence when he bought the club, so that, this is what we're up against. So uh, now we've, got, we've finally got everything under one roof, and it's all going through at this moment in time, and the, the Rothwells are making constant improvements. They're, they're putting a multi-faith prayer room in there. They're making vending machines that serve beer. You know, the... They're improving all the facilities. They, they, they're engaging with the uh, disabled and uh, fans who require, you know, disabled access and DDA access. So they can they've created a group there. They've put on a fans council. You know, we've got a, a trust who work 
tirelessly throughout the last ownership and this current ownership uh, to to ensure that the club's got a future down the line. Uh, and they're, they're, the, the current owners are engaging with them. You know, yeah. so I don't know if you guys have a fan, uh, a supporters trust. Do you, do you guys have one of those? Yeah, there is a there is a supporters trust. There's various uh, you know supporters clubs and, and things like that. And I, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, what what was it that mobilised it? Because I think it's probably fair to say any Oval fans listening to this will will will, will hopefully agree with me that that we, we have a definite. Uh, a kind of a, a disunity. There, there doesn't doesn't feel to be one body that really brings supporters together. There's there's a few different supporters club which have a. Obviously, we're a smaller club than Oldham Athletic in terms of a fan base. So you know maybe a few hundred members here and a, a, and maybe a few more hundred there. But there doesn't seem to be one body that brings it all together. What's the supporters trust that as far as Oldham were concerned? Well, we, we had we had uh, so we had a lot of. Uh, as you said, we worked, there was just a lot of disunity and people were, were, were very despondent with each other. But then there was Push the Boundary, who uh, was run by four, four guys within the club. And then they came together with the OASF, uh, which is the Ultimate Supporters Foundation Trust. Um, but basically what happened was there was new directors that were brought in because the old directors, Barry Owen and uh, been on the trust with he made himself a direct within the club he'd done it for his own his own gain really and not thought about the fans at all so when the new directors came into the trust they came together and it was right. a case of there was about 200 i think there's about 200 members mm-hmm. and then they had a big push and then it went to a thousand members right. you know even casting far and wide and then there was i think there was about 15 grand in the bank they did a charity match they did all this all this pushing before the new owners came in and, and it went from 15 to 20 grand in the bank to 75,000 pound in the bank overnight. Wow. Wow. You know, but it was a lot of work and a lot of effort. Yeah. And But that was just because it got together. They spoke to the likes of Blackpool's Trust, Charlton's Trust, Luton Town's Trust. You know, and I would, I would really, really uh, promote that, that you, you guys need to get a body or a member or a select set of delegates from the fans from your fans associations and vote for them as a sort of as a democracy so then you can have you can all sit together and work as one because if you're you're working down different channels and avenues whilst it is good you've got your own agendas and you need to combine your agendas so then you can get the the greatest the greatest outcome for your football club and i would really really hope that you, you listen to that and take it on board because it does work and you know as i said fans will never be beaten by any owner um you know, look at it's only a matter of time before the Glazers sell Man United due to fan pressure. You know, to me, so you know, there's hope for any club, but you just need to, you need to work together. And there will be some negative people out there, and they're usually the people who don't do anything, and they just criticise. You've just got to keep going and ignore them people and just work together because we we had a <laughs> a group who was called the 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 realistic group, um, but they're about as real as a unicorn. Believe me, they were, you know. Um, but hey, you do get that, and you, you unicorns. You get unicorns in Oldham, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you, well, certain, <laughs> certain. Well, they have certain things that hang from the head, but they're definitely not unicorn horns. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> uh, Fantastic. But, but honestly, I really do hope the best, and and hopefully, please reach out to our trust, and I'm sure they'd be more than more than open to helping you guys and giving their experience of what you can do to try and 
bring it bring bring it under all under one roof and you can pull together because you know it it really does help and you will get there and i wish you the best of luck in yeah. in your in your endeavors i really do well, really appreciate that, Dave. I'm just going to leave that one there because I know a lot of uh, uh, members of different organisations will ever listen to this podcast. So I'm just going to leave your words there for them to um, them them to hear. But let's just quickly end by by talking about a game coming up this weekend. So, um, uh, as you as you mentioned before, you're s- slightly below us in the um, uh, in in the National League table. It's, has it been? <laughs> How has it been for yeah that that first season um, down in the in the non-league in, in in the club's history? How how have you found it? Um, uh, how do I say this? You're I'll trying say. to think of the right yeah. adjective here, right? It <laughs> has been. I have been incensed of mm-hmm. how annoyed I've become by this league because you'll play a Dorking at home, win three two, then you'll get Wheelstone at home who outplay you. And beat you two one, and I couldn't believe what I was watching. You know, not because it's Oldham are a big club, but the difference in levels every week is so eye opening. You know, we 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 were so unlucky to not to beat Wrexham, and then we got to, like, but the week before we got beat by Bromley three 0 away, <laughs> and it's just like. We always say the they talk. I know a lot of people talk about the championship and so forth, and says the national league is it, to my money is that it's the hardest league to get out of just because of there's only one automatic promotion and it's the uh, yeah. and then it's the lottery of the playoffs. But um, I mean, not that either of us will have to worry about that. But it's like a pendulum swinging, yeah. and it's just like one week you play really well, you'll be easily in the last minute for a three-two win. Next week, you're going to Bromley getting beat. And then you've got Rex and play, you play really well. And then you go to like walking on a Tuesday night and get absolutely <laughs> battered. Yeah. And it's just like, why can't it just be a consistent league? You know, at least in like the football league, you know your level, don't you? But in this league, anything goes. It's yeah. like really dog and duck territory, isn't it? Sometimes because, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, we, we, we beat um, last our last uh, league match, we beat Solly Old, who are. Yeah, the past two or three seasons have been in in a playoffs at the end of season, decent side at this level. So we beat them at home, and then lost to you know drew with Taunton Town, and then lost to them in a replay. So like you say, you 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 can't write it. But but um, familiar faces as a manager you've got there to to a lot of um, people anyway. David David Unsworth, obviously Everton was he Aston Villa for like three days or something, yeah. wasn't he? But Aston Villa. He went to Wigan. Well, he went back to Everton. Wigan, course, went to yeah. he went to Wigan. Uh, went to Sheffield United. Went to Ipswich. Mm. Uh, I think he played for Portsmouth briefly as well. Um, right. Yeah, and John Ebrill used to play. Who, uh, he, ah, yeah. He played for Everton. Uh, then he went to Sheffield United. Got injured. Francis Jeffers. He's on the backroom staff as well. Right. Uh, and Mick Rathbone. Uh, I don't think. Oh, you know, yeah, he was at Everton, wasn't he? Was he the he's physio? Our, he's our physio and yeah. sort of club psychologist as well. Um, right. So, and these have all come in since you said the new owners. They yeah, and this, this team they, together. They, they're on three-year deals and stuff like wow. that, you know. And this is this is like building the foundations properly, which mm. we've, we've, we've we've severely lacked over the last God knows twenty years or so. Mm. Um, and they're doing things properly, but again, it's just taking that time. The unfortunate thing for David Unsworth is he's, he's he's got players who were signed by the previous manager. He's only signed one player. At the moment, which was um, which was John Rooney, um, 
Oh, so, of course, yeah. yeah. It was at Barrow and um, Chester, uh, yeah, and Stockport, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, so he's got, got a good player, but he's trying to get three or four more faces in. I don't right. think he'll get them in before uh, Friday or Saturday. Um, but we are on a, an unbeaten run of four, uh, which have been four draws uh, right. and one, one win via penalties. So make what you make what you will of that uh, <laughs> record. Um, and we haven't had a we haven't we haven't had a clean sheet since the opening day of the season. Well, that's jinxed you now, isn't it? This is a nil-nil draw written all over. That's, it. Well, it. that's it. Uh, yeah. It's... Well, we we can't score for Toffee, so um, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to. Uh, I don't know. Well, you you just jinxed that for us now because you can see because he's been a five-nil Yeovil romp. I'm hoping uh, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've had one four-nil at Boundary Park, so maybe. Oh, maybe don't get say another. that. No, yeah. no. You'll be, best... if you, you're leaving at half time again, are you? <laughs> oh, I will be. I will be definitely on that game. Uh, yeah, but if if that happens, um, but yeah, I do wish you all the best luck in, in terms of off the off field, but on field, yeah. I couldn't really care less about no. your... <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm only yeah. jesting. No, I, hope no, you no, I, no. I just hope you don't go down because yeah. uh, we all want Altrincham to go down, don't we? Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's, it's yeah. really sad that you, your local rivals at Altrincham when years ago it was Stockport, Berry, you know, Man City were our rivals at one point, you know. Um, I mean, those were the yeah. days, eh? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We, we, we're very similar. Our our local rivals, you go back to the 70s, was a team called Weymouth. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, we've now renewed rivalries with, but for, for most of my time supporting the club, I... I didn't even know, you know, didn't even give Weymouth a thought. We were, you know, Bristol Rovers, Bristol City, those kind of teams, yeah, Exeter yeah. and so forth. But yeah, now it's um, now it's Weymouth again. But okay. <laughs> the, t- the Titans that are Weymouth. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Right. Okay. Right. But before I depress myself anymore, uh, I'll just say, Dave, thanks again for um, speaking to us. And I uh, thank you for all the, the kind words as well. And as I say, I'm sure there'll be people listening here who hopefully will, uh, you know, take that take up that offer to uh, get in touch with the supporters trust there at Oldham. It sounds like yeah, there's please, great things. Yeah, please do. Please don't hesitate. If you want any advice, the trust are there. And that's where, you know, we reached out when we were in need. So please don't, don't be a stranger. Uh, and thank you very much for having me on. Uh, no, much appreciated. All the best for the season, but not on Saturday. All right. Absolutely. Likewise. Cheers, Dave. Thanks <laughs> Take again. Care. Thanks Bye-bye. Bye. That was the Daves. Two the Daves Dave on one podcast. Amazing. Um, you enjoyed your chat with him, didn't you? I did, yeah. I think it was probably the Northern accent that did it for me. But uh, yeah. I still I still convinced myself that I don't sound Northern. But um, yeah, <laughs> when 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 you get called out by um, another Northerner, then it's, uh, yeah, it's probably, oh God, I called myself a Northerner then, didn't I? Did. <laughs> on oh, record. You on had a record. conversation on the phone with another Northerner who sounds a bit similar to you, didn't you? Another northerner. Oh, yeah. no. I don't. I, I. I don't know any other northerners. I, 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 to me, the north starts and stops somewhere around Sheffield. So I don't think that takes in Chesterfield, as far as I'm aware. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So talking about after my that, son, yeah. <laughs> after that chat, are you really excited to be going to Boundary Park on Saturday? Well, like I said to, to the other Dave, uh, if, if it could well just be me. could be me in the away end on my own, waving at Ben in the press box. I think that'll probably <laughs> um, be, be what it is. But yeah, uh, do you know why I'm excited? Because I'm an addict. That's why it is. There is nothing. There is <laughs> honestly... Fan. 
ah, very good, yeah, yeah. Um, some people would say I wasn't a dick, but I'm no. yeah, 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 uh. yeah, back to that conversation from the other day. The um, uh, but point. yeah. Because because there, there's very little that would ever stop me going to a football game, to a yoga game if I could. And it is like, I mean, I've never been addicted to anything particularly, but it, it's not good for you. You shouldn't do it. You should give it up. People tell you that all the time. It costs you all this money. Still go, don't you? It is, it is properly, you get the highs for the highs and lows for the lows, isn't it? Yeah. Could have cried yeah. at the end on Tuesday night. Yeah. 10 years, 10 years since there's been any eyes, I think. Maybe a little <laughs> bit in the uh, 2019, but Jesus, yeah. So am I looking forward to it? Probably not. Um, but <laughs> Can't help it now. <laughs> exactly. I'll be there. I'll be there, whatever, whatever happens. Well, Ben, what about you? I mean, you must be excited. You're going to have Football League press facilities. Apparently so, yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And just forget all the stuff that's happened in between Barnet and the last time you watched us. Incredible! Because... I can't. We're we're in great form. <laughs> Flying. Mm. Well, we did lose that one though. Yeah. Um, what do yes. we think? Then? What do we think about Oldham? They needed extra time in Penos to get through against their lower league opposition. So you do it, lads. Um, what do we think? Well, the lowest in the league. They're Dave the taking. Was... Yeah, Dave was saying there that um, it's that that that's the, this season has just been absolutely bonkers for him, isn't it? That you can you can go from uh, a, a good positive result to something uh, something horrendous. He actually said to me off air at the beginning, "I'm really worried about playing you guys," <laughs> and I laughed, thinking he was joking. <laughs> um, and he, and then I told him we'd lost to Taunton Town in the FA Cup, and uh, I think he thought Taunton Town probably where they were last season and therefore two divisions below us and I said to him well hey they're different to yours mate you know and you 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 only equalized in the 119th minute to uh, get your penalty shoot out so yeah, don't laugh too much but no no he's a so who knows probably be a nil-nil draw won't it by I was day? just gonna say I reckon it's got a draw written all over it to be honest yeah. um but well, most of them do it's the kind of game that we need a reaction from Tuesday night don't we we need to turn up and at least score very minimum score first and not be one of them games where we score first and end up drawing it quite ideally um and i i know the team didn't turn up on tuesday night five changes are never good for a football side in my opinion if that's a team that you're putting out that you can think would win a game i'm looking at the bench from tuesday night there's not much i would change to be honest maybe one or two of them if wakefield's fit if df was fit um Love to see him straight back in the side, of course. Um, but yeah, Worthington's obviously got to be replaced. Who comes in for him? Do you think Lawson? Diaffy fit <laughs> Who is in? there? Perry, are we going to have Diaf? a midfield? <laughs> Would Diaf not be fit? Well, he wasn't, he didn't play on Tuesday, did he? Possibly saving it's, him for this. The manager said there's a couple, didn't he? Said so today there's a couple that they're waiting on. It's better than tomorrow, yeah. Is Bevan back? Because would you not put him in at centre back and move Staunton into midfield? Only, um, only in my dreams. <laughs> I can genuinely believe that you do have dreams about Josh Staunton playing in midfield. If you're listening, Josh, no comment. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> do you want some? Uh, do you want some good omens? Go on. 
Uh, Oldham have only kept one clean sheet this season across all competitions, and that was on the opening day against Torquay United, who are utter pap. So is that it? Is that the so, only good omen you got? You said omens. <laughs> that so, was a plural. Well, I'm just I'm just going to congratulate Oldham on their second clean sheet this season. <laughs> um, uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, Lot, lots of draws. Yeah. Two draws against Chester. Draw against Maidenhead. Draw against Scunthorpe. Yeah. Who's got more draws? That's all them. Oh, us by a mile. We've got seven. <laughs> That's not lots of draws, then, is it, Ben? Well, they've got four in a row. We've got more draws than Ann Summers. <laughs> Sorry. Was I'd that gone, worse? You're looking, have... at me, you're looking at me like the lie under a bushel kind of uh, comment. Eh? I, I would have gone Ikea. Oh, I would have gone yeah, the DIY done, route, yeah. not the lingerie route. Yeah, <laughs> filthy bugger. There you go. That says something about me. I don't it? think I don't think people go into Ann Summers and say, have you got any drawers? <laughs> <laughs> As someone who's never been into Ann Summers, I I can say that I've uh, rubbish. Yeah. Dave stuck in 1960s yeah. <laughs> with a light under a bushel. Yeah. Have you got any bloomers? <laughs> <laughs> oh mate. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, we don't want to talk about Oldham, do we? Um, yeah. it's, telling, it's a telling sign that no one can even get up for a game at the weekend. And that I know we've had a bad result on Tuesday night, but after Saturday going into Tuesday, it felt the same. The the away end on Tuesday night, I know we've discussed Tuesday night already, but never seen it so flat. Like, it just looked around at half time, and there was just people sitting there sighing like it was a proper effort to be at the football. <laughs> Well, look how long it took. Ten look miles how, up the road. Look how long it took us to sell three hundred tickets. Like <laughs> for a, a game round the corner. I mean, the away end we've we've alluded to on Saturday, but the away end is going to be very sparse. And is that going to work for them against them? I don't know. Coatsy, have you got a banner to take? I want a massive banner, a massive sheet. With with exactly you know what written on it, oh and green flares either side going constantly, just like <laughs> you'll be like that. You know, there's that there's a supporter of a football club somewhere, and then every time his team scores, there's like a viral video of him just like throwing his arms up in the air every time his team <laughs> scores. Some old bloke behind like it's one of these. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yes, <laughs> yeah. the pictures where they've just got like bar- bars behind the goal, rather yeah. than like an actual ground. That's what like, I want from you, Coatsy. That's what you want from me. Okay, with with players, <laughs> okay. players and a massive flag, the biggest flag you can find. All right, okay, that won't be. Yeah, <laughs> got one here somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> Get that ladder in the loft. You'll find something. Um, yeah. Um, Questions. Yeah. I think so. I think so. But firstly, I want to ask, who do we think our mystery players are? Our mystery players that can't get clearance. There must be some sort of Brexit thing getting in the way if we can't get them cleared for 10 days or something. Cheers, Liz. Um, I don't know. If if it's a 10-day thing, it's got to be some sort of international clearance, isn't it? It's got to be... You'd think so. Yeah. Home home office has been a bit busy, haven't they? Swapping... (laughs) empty isn't it um <laughs> sort it out grant jesus um smith no um snaps <laughs> i was surprised liz trust went before chris hargreaves actually but also <laughs> not just, on it. i thought it was going to be a close from thing when we got to tuesday night i thought it'd be really close from thing actually 
I know I know we're joking, but I, I do genuinely want to wish her all the best in her role as the next Watford manager. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be Graham Taylor. That's who she wants to be. <laughs> I think like, we just no, get back in the sixties again. Isn't she we... a Norwich fan? Isn't that it's one? Of the... Yeah, I think one of the, the things that came that up area, is on, her, on her expenses, she spent like a couple thousand in the Norwich City club shop. like club shop or something. I'm sure. I'm sure that's a thing. So do we replace her with Warnock? Is Hargreaves going to be in for the job? What, Prime Minister? Yeah. (laughs) He'll work his socks off. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. He's probably got he's probably got more credentials than any of the people actually going to do it. Um (laughs) anyway, back to football. Uh yeah, let's do some que- let's do some questions because we've I, obviously. I thought you had some names for us on these signings. I no, you... no, I was hoping someone else was really. To be honest with you, but I, 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 I guess we a... just hope we've got some, you know, bastard captains coming in to tear us up a little bit. Bring Dicko back. Going to say he's, <laughs> he's not got much to do now, is he? Yeah. I was, hey, yeah, yeah. I was looking the other. I was looking when. Um, when I saw that, when I heard that on the bus on the way home, I did have a quick look. And the only name that makes any kind of sense whatsoever, there's two names, but I don't think one makes any sense. Um, the, one is Izzy Brown, ex-Preston striker, but that's a bit of a drop down in one go. But can't, he, he can't sign for anyone inside the Football League now. So he was, if he was going to join pre-January, it would have to be National League. And, Dave, um, are you bringing him down, were you? I'm coming around. <laughs> across, I'll only go across. But yeah, yeah. No. And He's not a Preston anymore, I don't think. No, he's a free agent. Yeah. And Tom Elliott, um, former uh, Salford City, spent a bit of time on at Bradford, done the rounds in London, so it might be sort of London-based. AFC Wimbledon, wasn't he? Yeah, AFC Wimbledon, Wimbledon, Millwall. Yeah. But those are, those are two names that I kind of, I was scrolling through free agents. and. Are they playing it? Are, are they, how, they've been playing in England. Get my words out there. They've been playing in England. Yeah, they? they don't sound very international clearance mm, do they? No, they don't. <laughs> Got me to find someone from like IKEA, a, a youth league in France or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and Summers up front. <laughs> I'd give her a right go. Yeah. Do you ever oh, see that Dorkin, uh, Dorkin owner, manager, chairman, <laughs> whatever, and his post match press conference? Now, if Chris Argreen said the word, we could fall in a barrel of tits and come out sucking our thumb, then <laughs> I would have respect for the man. But that's what the Dorkin <laughs> manager said. That's yeah. a post match press conference, let me tell you. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah. Right. right. Questions. I've, yeah, I've, I've asked got... three times now. Yeah, I okay. Just, yeah. I will just say that the entire IKEA catalogue sounds like potential Swedish strikers. <laughs> <laughs> I would quite happily have a front two of Kalax alongside Klepstad. <laughs> I've definitely signed them both on Football Manager. Right. <laughs> I'm not having that as a title because I can't spell either of them. So <laughs> Dave's just getting fuming. He's saying questions. <laughs> questions. <laughs> All played, into, all played into <laughs> Trafardi. Yeah, he definitely plays up front. Okay, right, that's enough, Ben. Dave's going to quit in a minute if you don't stop this. It's all right, he's already got. I've got the questions, Dave. If you want, I haven't got the Facebook ones because you ask them in. You ask them on our page, and then you ask them on like a hundred other pages. So I don't know where to go. Oh, so okay. All right. Well, you, you, you ask Twitter, the ones on Twitter, Twitter and I'll look up yeah. the ones on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Jake Gallagher says, as the self-appointed chairman of the Chris Hargreaves fan club, I could admit I'm beginning to waver on my membership. 
How many games has Chris Hargreaves got to get this right? I said last month that he should get until the end of October, but if Oldham is another shambles, surely he's a goner. Go on, Elliot, you're you're poised and ready to... I think it says it all if Jake Gallagher's going against Hargreaves. says exactly the position we're in. I mean, Jake's backed Hargreaves, said give him time, said that he needs a chance, but if someone like that is going against him, for the fans, there ain't long left. I would be expecting a win on Saturday, personally. Um, or you're going to get more people in that Hargreaves outcome. I mean, for the context of the poll that we put out on Wednesday, uh, over 400 votes now, and 86% think it's time for a change. Um, you know, that's not... I think 400 is a fair enough sample size of supporters as 20% of people who go to matches and I think it's a fair reflection of the mood it's not just a handful of people on social media shouting loudly what, and... what, what were the people at um, uh, Taunton because like you say there, there, there were some people clapping and clapped Jimmy Toure off and all of that what do you think they are thinking is it is it just the if we're positive positive things will happen there, there was only, there was very few clapping at the end. Right. To be honest with you, there's a lot of Hargreaves out. There was a lot of booing, shouting, swearing, etc. You can imagine it was a throwback to that Darren Way season, as I've mentioned already tonight, of the toxicity at the end. Um, and it was it was exactly the same on Saturday. Um, I've never heard a whole batches sing what the f and hell was that. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to swear on this pod or not. I'm not no, sure if I'm not swearing. No. Uh, <laughs> what I've the never... frustrating hell was that? <laughs> That's swearing. I've never heard a whole faction sing that at, uh, at a team, but more so directed at the manager at the end. The majority have turned on him, I think, from being in the sands. And that's not a good place to be. And we saw that we saw that because it it breeds into the team. And maybe going back to Ben's question earlier, that's why we're seeing that nervousness and those confidence issues. Maybe it's not a thing of leaders. Maybe it's not a thing of putting an arm around them. Maybe they're just worried about messing up because either the manager's going to lose his job or he knows his job's on the line. So what you're saying is our fault. It's your I'm fault. Not... Your fault. You you you're the one that went. I'm not saying this. It's our fault. I'm saying that when when fans turn on a manager, players want to distance themselves a little bit from that kind of situation, don't they? Um, and it gets very toxic very quickly. Um, and Yeovil's probably one of the hardest places to do it as a manager at the moment because we're a conference side with big expectations because of where we've been. So it doesn't take long, and they've all, the fans have almost got that toxic mentality because of what we've been through. And people tell us we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to achieve the world. Yeah, and we're not achieving the world. And, yeah, okay, we know that's only words, but it's words at the end of the day, and words mean something to fans, and people buy into it and believe it, and we're seeing absolutely nothing of the likes that have been promised. Of course, the fans are going to turn, and the fans are going to turn quickly because they've got high expectations down there. We are still a big club at this level, or we should still be a big club at this level. Yeah, our playing budget doesn't replicate that, but we all know the reasons why, and that that needs addressing in due course. But we have high expectations of fans of a club who are in a 
the football league for a significant period of time, who reached the championship, who spent like eight back-to-back seasons in League One, we shouldn't be standing for this. So it's no surprise that they turn very quickly. Getting back on, I reckon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dave, Dave, if he went get... to more matches, we could have him on. I reckon. Dave, have him can on you can you get all of that on your banner? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Someone's that... going to put that to Scott Parker and uh, dry your eyes, mate, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> I just know it's coming. I like how at one point it very nearly turned into boys' own words song. Though. Yeah, I, I was like thinking that. that. I, I thought you're going to go full Ronan Keating on it's it. It's only words, <laughs> and words are all I have to take your heart away. It's only words. <laughs> And words are all I have to take your heart away. This world has lost its glory. Ain't that the freaking <laughs> truth? Let's start a brand new story. God, don't go there. Now, my love, you think that I don't even mean a single word I say. It's probably okay, Ronan, so- Ronan Keating knew all along. <laughs> okay, maybe he should be in charge. So in answer to Jake's question, um, <laughs> how much longer? Yes. Well, I mean, I don't think it really matters, does it, what we think? Um, because so I we can say what we think because it doesn't we, matter because it we, won't we make can, a difference. Well, uh, I, I still think banned nonetheless. Yeah. If you're asking me, there's another question here from Clevo. Which way did the Glovers casters vote in the YoGov poll? I voted for Argus to go because I don't think that based on the um, where we are in the league, what we've achieved, with all the expectations that have been mentioned there, with all the targets that have um, have, have been set, we don't look like a side. And I'm not saying that we should be knocking on the door of the Football League right now, but um, but we should at least be up there. We're in the bottom half of the National League. We've been knocked out of the FA Cup. And as I say, all the best to Taunton in their next game. But we should not be we should not be losing that 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 game. Um, and the players that we've got, whilst the manager takes the can and the manager's the one that picks the the, the team takes the can carries the can and um probably take takes it with him too he could take it yeah <laughs> then then he's the one who you know john fry told me when colin addison got the sack if you don't do the job you have to walk the plank and i don't know exactly what that meant but um but same same thing applies but a lot of those if chris argues goes a lot of those players need to have a long hard look at themselves i think a long long hard look at themselves definitely i just think it's really frustrating because we'll say do it. ah can't, say, right. the Can't say the F word. Can't say the F word. It's really vexing. It's really effing. <laughs> we'll say we we'll get this question this week. We'll say one more game. We'll lose Saturday, and we'll say one more game and one more game. And this yeah. Einstein theory again. Say, I think we we could answer that question until the sun goes down, and we'll still be answering it again next week. Yeah, I think. I think. Just waiting for There's... Ben to start. He's looking up Elton John now, isn't he? Talking about the sun going down. <laughs> <laughs> Grow up, you <beauty. laughs> I think that there's just horrible flashbacks to the Darren Way era. I said to these guys in the group chat the other day, I stopped going when under Darren Way, but I can't really do that now because I've kind of made a commitment. Um, <laughs> but it, it was so bad and we left it way too late when did he get sacked april march april time yeah. when the season was well and you know gone has well anyone got neil marman's number <laughs> yeah, he's, he's outside, the, he's he's outside the vaccination it. booth protesting still. <laughs> yeah. and, and we can't we and i know it's not nice to call for someone to be sacked from their job you know but you know that's football isn't it and everyone 
understands that in the world of football, but it's just how could we can't keep going oh, one good performance. We can't you can't live off that performance against Solihull and the performance against Boreham Wood and the performance against Wrexham and the performance against Chesterfield. I mean, we only won one of those four games because for all of those matches, there's Dorking away, there's York, there's Eastley, there's Taunton home and away. There's other games that have just been just atrocious. And I kind of think this, the FA Cup was our is our big money spinner. And now that's gone. <laughs> and to add to what you said about you can't stop going because you made a commitment. So many people have. Last season, we sold out 900 tickets for Weymouth or 700, whatever, on a Tuesday night. In the, exactly the same turnaround space of time, they've gone in the click of fingers. And they were in our league that season. But we haven't played a Taunton in a competitive game for a long, long time. And people just don't want to go. They're bored of it. Um my wife isn't going to go back whilst Hargrove's still there. She's had enough. And quite frankly, after watching Tuesday night, I felt like like that at the end. And I'm sure there's so many people are just done with watching that kind of football and done with that feeling of that football that we had in that Darren Way season. And they came back in those sour years. They came back in 1920 and there was a real feel-good factor about watching Yeovil again. And that's gone. And the toxicity, toxicity comes back so, so quickly. Um I think someone needs to pull the trigger on making a second sooner rather than later before you lose hundreds of fans in that kind of way. And and that's, you know, that goes on to the whole issue around, you know, the situation above because you'll, you won't get any sort of, you know, people tried to protest last season, didn't they? And, you know, it kind of more happened than has probably happened before. But you just won't get that action because all the people who, you know, might be that way inclined are just you know, going to Ikea on Saturday afternoon rather than going to watch football. Yeah, and it's it did it did peter out at the end of last season. Um and those people were trying to make a good change. Um I think they probably gave up at the point where they thought no change will happen as well, mm. which is really, really hard. You've got to keep up the good fight at the end of the day. But if people aren't going to football, they're not even going to do that. Yeah. Shall I do another question? Yeah, yeah do another question. <laughs> you don't have to write all that on your banner. <laughs> Just going to say, I need a big pen, won't I? Uh, Rob Manley, former Glover's Cars quiz champion, asks, how much impact slash influence can a renewed Glover's Trust have on the future of the club? What options do they really have? This is in... Uh, response to the Glover's Trust statement that came out today to say they're back, they've been away reflecting and what was it, in the lines of YTFC, we go again or something. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to stand up for the Glover's Trust here a little bit um, because I think they, in, in that statement, they have admitted their faults and they have admitted that, that the whole situation with the Simul Sports thing had beaten them um, beat literally beating them to the ground um, that they had uh, put all their chips on that basically hadn't they but also they are people who wanted a change and they are people who did something to bring about that change and obviously one of our number here tonight was a was a big part of that as uh, as well and whilst I, I it's easy 
to stand there and criticize people who've tried something and that something hasn't worked and we'll never know until julian jenkins comes out or whoever it is had the bank account and says look there's the money the money was there all the time here it was we'll never know if they had the money or not we'll never know whether they were serious or not we, we just have to take different people's um, words for it and make your own opinion up, up from there. But I think I would characterise the Oval Town supporters as two things at the moment. They're people, we've said it before, close your eyes, cross the fingers and hope for the best. And the people who wave their hands in the air and say, why isn't somebody doing something? The Glovers Trust, whether they did it right, whether they did it wrong, they said something, they wanted something to change and they tried to make something change. It didn't work. And you can agree with it, you can disagree with it, you can say it was the right thing or the wrong thing, but they did something about it. Now, I don't think that they are the best organisation that, that, that we have to influence any kind of change, but I do think they're a group of people who want to bring about some change. I, I don't think they're talking about getting another takeover um, at the moment. That's not what I suggest from their um, statement. They talk about the disappointment with the other one, but... I do think that if you are someone out there who is one of those people who you do want change, you've got a like-minded group of people there who are saying that they want to do that. They've got an organisation. Rather than throwing babies out with bathwater, if that's not a light under the bushel kind of moment, then my suggestion would be to go and support that group. Go and support that group and see and see what happens. Now, it might be that you think, well, this is a complete waste of my time and you end up walking away. But what have you lost? You've lost 10 quid, I think it is, for a membership and you've lost your uh, however many hours you choose to put into it. But I don't think criticising people who've tried something, whether we, whether we agree with it or not, uh, and whether it worked or not, They've, they've tried to do something. So I think I had to speak a little bit on behalf of the uh, the Glovers Trust there. Now someone can disagree with me. I'm not going to disagree with you. Um, I think that was really honest, Dave. I think, as I put on Twitter last night, it's time for the Oval fans to come together if we want to see change. We see too much of one party pointing at the other parties, pointing at the other parties, pointing at the other party. We've got six or seven parties involved all blaming each other by the end. And we've seen enough people shouting and screaming about it, saying we want to do a protest or whatnot, without any defined action at the end of that protest. Okay, fans get on the pitch and tell Scott Preeton to sell. What's he going to do? Is he going to sell? Is he going to not sell? Doesn't. That's not really going to have an impact on it. I think fans need to come together at this point and start looking at what, options are available what opportunities are out there and what what we can do as a fan base properly and collectively rather than people going at each other and digging each other out and blaming the other people for things going wrong what they said i am interested in six or seven parties happening all at once i was just wondering <laughs> who had the best party Oh, well, what's he, he started on the wine? So I reckon he. he well, I, do know, I noticed after your little monologue there, Dave. Very impressive, by the way. You had a big glug of water. Dave, can um, uh, Elliot? Can you make that wine for him, please? Yeah. <laughs> Turn water into wine. <laughs> Mine, he drinks wine out of a pint glass. That's what I want to know. But yeah. big Sam, big Sam does. Yeah. <laughs> Get him in as prime minister. I thought you were going to say manager. Then. Manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wouldn't play a three-five-two, would he? Um, that, no, I think I think that's my piece on the situation. I think it's time to stop looking at who's in the wrong and start looking at what fan groups can do together to bring positive mm. change. 
Um, I don't know where that starts. Everyone needs to have a think about how they want to sort of how they want to go about that, and the trust will do that in their own way. Um, but yeah. But the, the, as someone who was on the trust board, obviously for all of the rigmarole of the last, how long was it? Was it two years? Was it one year? I can't remember. It took up so much time in my life. Um, it's between one year and two years. Um, you will, <laughs> I don't think you'll ever be able to bring everyone on that journey. You just need to bring a majority. And mm. um, yeah, I think the the trust is the most suitable organization that would be ready like ready like legally as a company as an entity that would be able to step in if and when the sh1t truly hits the fan um that structure is there to do it and as we banged on about all the time, the trust is only as strong as its membership. If it only has 120 people who aren't actively engaged, then it is going to be weak. It is going to be weak because it doesn't speak for the majority of people. But there is this perception that it is a, you know, a board of 10 troublemakers who uh, this, that, and the other, and just want to see on the board and just want that. Like having been involved in it for 18 months two years i absolutely by the end of it absolutely no one a part of that board would want to be on the board of a football club and it, is, and it is generally not about that and it is you know we had 10 different people from all over the country all with different backgrounds different jobs who all just came in and wanted to do something because they love the football club and yeah, it didn't it didn't work in the end. But you know, we sat in a pub down the road with Harry Redknapp, with Julian Jenkins, talking about what was the possibilities and what could be done. Like, and <laughs> no one else tried anything. <laughs> no, that's it. Like I say, it's easy to throw rocks at people stood who who, who stand up and do something. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I spent I many hours on Zoom like neglecting family life to try and do something and yeah. yeah it didn't come to anything at the end but all of that would have been worth it if at the end something would have come from it because uh, yeah, we were i'm sure it was much closer than anyone will give credibility to but I think the other thing is, like Roger and um, Barry, when they when when they, they came on, they said that um, it's got to be that that that's it now, isn't it? Simul Sports, that is that 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 that's got to be. It. You've got to move on. You've got to try whatever the next thing is that they want to try. Yeah, and you can't give up. Like that's that's the you know that and that's why there's been this period of silence. I would say because you got. To, figure it out again like <laughs> come up with a whole new strategy and that's you know that's why the the agm's in november and the call has been made to you know get more people on the board and it's you know it is a stressful time consuming thing it is what you make of it there'll be others who are on the board who didn't spend all their days thinking about what the hell can we do but it's one of those things that i think until you stuck into it and you're part 
part of it, um, you do, you don't know. You don't know. And it, it's it's a hard thing to do. And, and that's the other thing about the board, because we were all so different. Everyone has differing views. It's not everyone in the same direction. It's very much, you know, compromise and trying to do what you think is the right thing. Um, even when you think, you know, you're on the verge of a takeover, you're all arguing about <laughs> like this, that and the other, because that's politics, I suppose. Good question, go. quiz champion, Rob. There you go. Next. Ben, yeah. Uh, ben, you didn't ask us a crazy question this week. Oh, a bit like a serious one. Felt like okay. more, more we needed to have this therapy session. I've enjoyed this. It's been therapeutic. So if, if you have any other crazy ones you're more than welcome to here's a crazy one from chris payne okay uh given the daily star lettuce outlasted liz truss what fruit or vegetable would you have to buy to outlast chris hargreaves one of those plastic ones you get with a kid's kitchen set (laughs) (laughs) elliot like that it's gonna (laughs) plastic apple how long do potatoes last? It's going to have to be something that lasts a long time. How long do potatoes last? Grow into meat potatoes. Put a potato in the dugout. That would do the job. <laughs> Ben's gone. <laughs> uh, well, Martin Symes replied a coconut. Oh, yeah. That's a good shout, actually, yeah. Yeah. If you asked plant, I would have said a cactus, of course. Of course, why? You, you're renowned for your cactus. Love. They hardly ever die, do they? Although we've managed to kill one in our house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Stoney, do you think the situation at Yeovil is down to karma? If so, do you think the ground needs a cleansing? I know it's a bit new age, but we are near Glastonbury. Should, be willi- should we be willing to give anything a go? I was, it, was it Did Southampton that brought in some, like, witch doctor Pagan or something when they first yeah. played at St Mary's yeah, they, didn't, they didn't win any games and they brought in someone to dispel this curse or something I think autocorrect might have changed cleaning to cleansing mm. <laughs> that, that would have been a good starting <laughs> point with the <Jewish> part <laughs> easy <laughs> easy Watsy careful we've already had one phone call don't let's have it again um, we could get hold of uh, uh, holistic Healing Southwest. There you go. They can. That's a good and... shout out on the pod. Do you reckon we could get him on board for a sponsor? We. No, he's part of it. He wants to be oh, part. One of it introduction. And... Do you reckon you could get him on board as a sponsor, Ben? Reach out to him. We're going to have to pass <laughs> your phone number on if you're oh, going to be part yeah. of the group. Sorry, it's, it's for pet health. Oh. Oh. I mean, I think the, I think that's the next. Maybe that's the next strategy that Chris Hargreaves needs to take. Like, take him to the Stone Circle, take him to Stonehenge, just get him somewhere a little bit spiritual. That's not Neo. Is Neo still a thing? Yeah, I haven't been. Okay, it's <laughs> just at the road, isn't it? Yeah. It's definitely a thing. <laughs> I'm not being for money. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's what I mean. Is it closed during COVID? It's one of those. Um, yeah, so maybe that's the next strategy. David J. Cook. I concentrate on what I do the best. Healing the sick, be they human or animal. Okay. What's he like? Uh, that, that, should, that should cover it. <laughs> uh, Daniel Harding asked, despite knowing it was going to be a terrible night, 
How did Gav Young Six convince me to go to Taunton? Don't know, Very Dan. Persuasive man is Gav Young Six, I reckon. <laughs> Gav Young One, Two, Three, Four, and Five didn't manage it, but Six straight in, no problem at all. We all made we all made mistakes on Tuesday night. Getting, uh, <laughs> I don't know how I persuade my myself, let alone Jess, to go with me. <laughs> oh, mate. Okay, that's the Twitter ones, I think, Dave. Okay, so we've got three on the side space reshare of the Glover's Cast question. One is, if a Phoenix club was formed, which division would it start in and where, realistically, would it play, given that YTFC, in some form, may still exist at the time? Sounds like a bridge we should cross at a different point. I don't know. I guess we wouldn't be too low. I suppose it depends if... if Joe Town was to go kaput and you had, a, yeah. you know, the whole point of their council deal when we spoke to councillors and when I spoke to councillors was that it was yes. going to preserve professional football in Somerset. It was, you know, there would be a facility for a Phoenix club to play in. And I think if you've got a facility of that size, you'd end up in a decent league i don't know what bury and macclesfield ended up landing in yeah so it's like northwest counties league isn't it that they started in and i re- i remember older shot haha because i am an older shot fan um they started in what was like the lowest level of the i think it was called the diadora league back then that's going back a very long time but that's like the what would it be what comes under so uh, like Southern League, where well, that I think is where we'd probably start somewhere in the Southern League, I'd imagine. What Taunton just came out of, or or maybe whatever's that. below that, yeah, Division One South or something like that. We'd be we'd be with um with Ruben. We get Ruben Reed back, and he could bang <laughs> some goals, I reckon, in there. You, for AFC, would Oval. you accept him if we were in that at that level? I would. I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's prolific at that level. Best back to goal goal scorer in uh, whatever level that is. But yeah. <laughs> There we go. Um, okay. Well, I did put in my um, in my question with only the treble open to Oval Town, and he's uh, and si- uh, Simon Mark Simon Taylor. I said the treble, the quadruple. Surely we've only got three left, haven't we? League trophy, SPC. What are the SPMC? Is that right? S Somerset Men's Premier Cup. Yeah. Yeah. It's MPC. So there's, there's only three left, isn't there? Yeah. for yeah. us to win okay anyway his question was got got to include the avoiding the drop in there somewhere doesn't it oh that's not really a question is it but um yeah <laughs> there is a question does, does mark he mean end. is he treating staying in the national league as a trophy oh, so we could okay. do the national league double by winning the league and then staying and, in the and league, staying in it the league as well. <laughs> okay. do we get a trophy for being top of the bottom five is that, yeah, is that a thing i'll yeah. take one technically Any, Technically, you don't get the staying in the league trophy if you depart the league. If you win the yeah, league and go up, you don't get yeah. the staying in the league trophy. So, yeah. For the, the losers of the playoffs, get that, do they? Yeah, I, think down, so. I think it's down to top of the bottom five, personally. Top of the bottom five? What? Avoiding. I mean, we're, we're sixth from bottom already. Hang on, seventh from bottom. Wheel out bottom a trophy. Seven. Wheel out a trophy. Yeah, but at that point, you're bottom of the league rather than top of a mini league. <laughs> Anyway, we've got Taunton in the SPMC, so well, that's gone. <laughs> a, a chance to write a wrong there. Mm. Right, that's David. all the questions we got. There isn't any other questions. Yeah, there was only there was only three, and one of them wasn't really a question. It just said there will only be one topic of conversation. We've had several. There's been lots of several. Like 
Yeah. yeah. Um, potatoes. Now, I know last week, Dave, Ben, do you want to say something? Go on. Nope. <laughs> well, I'm about to wrap up. So if you want to say something, say um, it now. I was just going to request if you could make it so that Ronan Keaton plays us out. <laughs> I'm not sure I can because we've got another fans five. Oh. After, after that. Is it Ronan <laughs> Keaton? We might get, we'll, we'll get booted off Spotify if we steal Ronan Keaton songs. How much we'll get... time do you have before tomorrow morning to cut my little bit over dry your eyes, mate? So no one else does that. <laughs> um, how many hours are there left? <laughs> getting booted off Spotify, I'm getting booted off everything else. Might as well. <laughs> okay. Do you all want to say bye and then I can intro? Because last week, Dave, I got to the fans five goodbye, and you were like, I didn't get to say bye. <laughs> I did. I did. I said it. Like, like, right. Bye. See you at Oldham, Dave. See you there, mate. Love Enjoy you, the Roman. weekend. Thanks for having me, fellas. Thanks for coming on, Watsy. Part of the ship. Part of the crew. Part of the ship. Um, so on this fans five, I've spoken to another Ian. So we've had two Daves and two Ians on this Glover's cast. Uh, Ian Watmore, who it turns out sits just in front of me in block eight of the screw fix stand. So on this episode of the Glovers Cast, we've got another fans five, and I'm delighted to welcome Ian Watmore to the Glovers Cast. Ian, welcome. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, pleasure to do it. Pleasure to have you. Um, I think you are a fairly, fairly recent listener to the podcast, aren't you? I am, yes. I'm, I'm a latecomer, but I'm totally hooked. Totally hooked. Good. Good to know. So tell us your fans five. So what was your first match uh, watching Yeovil Town? First match? Well, I've been, I've been supporting Yeovil Town um, most of my life, um, and I can't actually remember my very first match um, because it was a, a long time ago. Um, my next door neighbour used to take me to my first football matches at the old Hewish. Um, and I remember sit, sitting in the main stand and um, going down at half time underneath the stand into this, had like a big canteen underneath with tables and chairs, like a, a little cafe. And um, yeah, I can remember that <clears throat> from a very, very young age. But I think that the, the biggest game I can remember at the old Hewish when I was there was the um, FA Cup game with Norwich in January 1980. I think that was my first seeing the stadium full and the atmosphere and just I think I think from then I was hooked. I thought well you know I, I could I could get used to this. I mean we lost three 0 but I don't think back then I really worried about results. It was it was just the atmosphere and, and seeing all those people. So I think that's probably the the, the, the game that got me hooked. Oh, there's there's All something those about those those FA Cup matches, aren't there, that capture you? I, I always think back to the the Cardiff City one was my first big FA Cup match. Yeah, um, well, at, at Cardiff. No, at, at Hewish oh, Park. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I yeah. I saw both games of those, but um, I mean, the old Hewish was a was a big ground, you know, big non-league ground, and you know, to see it full, it was it was amazing. Okay, and what was your favourite match supporting Yeovil? Well, my favourite match, I'm going to have to go with Foxy again on this one because it's it's the Nottingham Forest playoff game. Um, I'll tell you a little bit of a story. 
Um, my dad, unfortunately, when he was alive, he lost his sight, um, but he used to he used to follow the football on the radio. And when Yeovil got into the playoffs, he said to me, he said, if we get to Wembley, he said, I'll pay for the whole family to go up by train. And he, he said, I'll get everyone tickets. Of course, after the first leg, he was rubbing his hands, thinking <laughs> he'd saved himself all that money. Um, and I didn't actually get to the Forest match. I was watching it on Sky. Um, but, I mean, you couldn't make it up. It was just an unreal evening. I, my wife will tell you, I was running around the lounge with my shirt over my head, screaming, and I just couldn't believe it. Uh, but true to his word, he, he did. He paid he paid for us all. There was about six or seven of us that uh, he paid for us all to go up. And he, and he came with us, even though he couldn't see. He came up and uh, took in all the atmosphere and that. So, yeah, it was uh, it was a brilliant day. But, yeah, the Forest game, I mean, it's, I, I've watched it so many times since. It's, it's like a go-to, you know, if you're not very well. Or I know I've been isolating again recently. You know, it's always always the match that I'll go to because it's... Um, you know, you still get, I still get butterflies watching it, knowing what's going to happen. But, I mean, just incredible, incredible yeah. game. It's certainly one that I think everyone remembers where they yeah. were when, when they were watching yeah. that game. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And, and who is your favourite player that you've watched play for Oval? Well, I, I, I thought about this because obviously since I, I've been watching for a long, long time, and there's so many players that I remember, you know, like Mr. Spencer and Jerry Gow and those sort of players, but I think the one that um, sticks in my mind is Kevin Gore. I think um, him and, and Kirk Jackson, when they were on fire, coming up through the conference into the league, um, was brilliant. And they were, you know, the two of them together. But I think Gawley, I think, was such a something special. And, uh, you know, when he was on fire, he was, he was untouchable. Yeah, I think as as pairings go, that's certainly yeah. two two of the two of the best strikers we've we've had. Yeah, we've, what yeah, we do for a pair like that at the moment? <laughs> we couldn't afford them now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what's your favourite memory as a Glover? Um, there was two actually, but I'm, I've gone for I've gone for this one. It's it's the first football league game at Rochdale. I think um, I think that that was something special. I remember going up in the heat. And um, in the stand where we got the whole side of one of the pitch, of the side of the pitch in the, in the stand, and the atmosphere, the noise, the singing, obviously the results. It was uh, it was just an amazing day, and I I think we knew then that uh, we were destined to go to go further. It was uh, it was our time. I think then that day. I think we, you know this was this was us saying we're here and we're not going anywhere for a while. <laughs> Yeah, it was a grand entrance, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was brilliant. Yeah. And finally, what does Yeovil Town Football Club mean to you? Uh, well, like I say, I've, I've followed them nearly, pretty much all my life. So uh, Yeovil Town means an awful lot to me. Um, from from going to the old Hewish with my next door neighbour, um, to going to the new Hewish with my best friends and um, my brother-in-law, um, and then recently with my daughter Grace. Um, she was a season ticket holder right up until she got a sad Saturday job. Um, yeah, it, 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 it you know it means it means so much, um, so much so that um, me and my wife Sharon actually got married in uh, in Yeovil Town colours. Um, my wife had a green dress. Um, I had a green shirt with a Yeovil Town tie. 
all the flowers were all green and white. And um, we actually got into the Western Gazette as well um, to celebrate the occasion. So, yes, it's uh, the old town's uh, a big part of my life. Well, that all... that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it was quite amazing that she agreed, actually. But uh, uh, she, she took it all in and, and actually... I, it proved how much I loved it because Yeovil were actually playing at home on the day we got married. So that uh, showed her how much she meant to me. Yeah, It was a nil-nil draw against Morecambe, but nevertheless, <laughs> they were at home. <laughs> yeah, that's why you book a, a summer wedding. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. A bit naive there, isn't it? <laughs> well, that's great. I think people are going to struggle to top that one um so uh, thank you very much for sharing and coming on to the Fans 5 Ian. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 